This is the Colts Daily Update, a look at the latest with the Indianapolis Colts. Now, here's the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. Welcome into a Colts Daily Update on a Thursday. Things have kind of slowed down here at camp. We had two joint practices out here up at Grand Park for training camp presented by Course and Fire and Security. I'm Casey Valley in for Matt Taylor. He's had a handful of roles here after practice today, so I'm sliding into this seat. I'm joined by J.J. Stankovitz of Colts.com. Like I said, it's kind of winding down. The fans have kind of left. Both teams are gone, so it's you know kind of quiet out here, J.J., and that's how I would probably describe practice today. Exactly. A little bit quiet. Right. That's a, that's kind of what, what I was talking about with if I looked at you know stuff I saw today. I felt like, for the most part, you saw good things out of both sides, but there wasn't anything that really stood out. If you had to kind of look into today, what was your biggest takeaway today? I think it's it's just that the, the quality of the work is still really good. Um, there were no skirmishes at all, right, not, none, not, not yeah. even a kerfuffle. Which is now two straight like, days, two consecutive days. I've used twice. that word on the daily update. I should earn a trophy for that. None, none of that really going on. Just good, solid work. And again, nothing, nothing that really, you know, kind of was eye popping early on in eleven on eleven. Jonathan Taylor ripped off an explosive yep. run. Uh, we know he can do that. Certainly, it's it's always good to see it pop up during training camp. Uh, I saw Mike Strawn get involved quite yes, a bit. Agreed with the second team offense. I watched a lot of the defense today. Uh, saw a lot of good things out of Grover Stewart, who's quietly having a really good camp. And uh, saw a couple other plays from guys like EJ Speed had an interception in the end zone. Curtis Brooks, the young defensive yeah. tackle, blew up a run play. And Chris Wilcox, the second-year cornerback, had a pass breakup. But other than that, you know, just good day of work. You know, it's one of the things I, I really like that you, you talked about Grover Stewart. I think he's kind of that guy that we're glad doesn't have that national pub because we come out and see what he does every day. I'm kind of glad he kind of floats under the radar because he is, I mean, sneakily one of the, I mean, he's probably one of the best players at his position in the league. Yeah, that one technique spot. That one technique, he is, and and he's, he's I don't want, I I don't want to make it as a, I know you guys talked about this on the podcast where he has a track background and all of that stuff, so I don't want to say this as a stab, but he's sneakily pretty quick for his size, so and that really benefits for sure. And that really works well with the way the Colts want their defensive line to play, which is penetrating, get after the quarterback, attack the quarterback, the quarterback, and Grover, you know, I think we, we were focused on DeForest Buckner and how that was going to help him and Quiddy Pay and those guys. I, I Admittedly, I kind of forgot about how it would help Grover Stewart. Right, agreed. But this dude's been in the backfield an awful lot during, during training camp. Really encouraging to see that. And, you know, you're not looking to Grove to get, you know, 10 sacks or anything. But just, again, quarterbacks hate pressure in their face. And if you're getting it from DeForest Buckner and you can get it from Grover Stewart on plays too, that's a really encouraging thing for this defense. Now, we mentioned that we wrapped up the second day of joint practices. So kind of just as a whole, these two days, is there anything that you saw that, I don't know necessarily if it changes things, but if you look at it and go, oh, I didn't expect to see this out of a certain position group or a certain player. I think Mike Strawn. I mean, it, I, I didn't expect him to come off of Pup and hit the ground running so as quick, fast yeah, as he did. Agreed. Nick Foles threw to him a lot during these practices. He got a lot of work in full speed 11-on-11 drills, which would suggest that he will be available to play on Saturday against the Lions at Lucas Oil Stadium. He's a guy who... You know he he needs these reps. He needs this game, having missed three weeks of practice uh, after suffering a torn meniscus during uh, OTAs. 
But right now, there's kind of still an opening for that fifth receiver spot. Kiki QT is the groin injury. He has not practiced this week. Desmond Patman's shown some flashes here and there. Some other guys like DeMichael Harris. But I don't know if anyone's taken hold of that fifth receiver spot yet. So it's there for the taking for Mike Strawn. If he can go out and show himself out like he has during these couple of practices, go out there, get a little special teams work on Saturday against the Lions, and then again keep making plays with the offense. I'm glad you, you mentioned that he hit the ground running because you know he, he talked to the media you know, the first day that he came out in practice, and he said that there were no limitations. He was full go. But I think you just kind of anticipate maybe not limitations, but – just kind of easing into mm-hmm. it, and I'm, I'm glad you alluded to that. I mean, he hit the ground running, and he made a handful of plays, and I, I was talking to some media guys along the side, and, it's, and they all said every time he's touched the ball, he's taking it to the house. Whether he's been tapping, mm-hmm. he is he is making sure that he is full going. Finishing the play, yeah, exactly. and he had a catch on in Tuesday's practice or Wednesday's practice where Nick he was in the end zone, and Nick Foles kind of threw it a little bit behind him into a window. He had this incredible body control to adjust his body midair, go snag the ball, really good hands, and then get both feet down in the back of the end zone. It was a spectacular play. Now, I'm going to continue to talk about the pass catchers, and as I say that word, mainly I I say that because of what we saw earlier this morning. We saw Drew Ogletree. We talked about his injury yesterday. He's placed on IR. His, His rookie season is over which opens the door for, for a handful of things. You know, we've talked about early, maybe they're going to keep four tight ends with Ogletree being that guy. So I don't know if maybe they do continue to keep four. We don't know what that roster mechanism is going to be. But, you know, there's that opportunity maybe for a guy like Michael Jacobson, who we saw catch a touchdown in last week's preseason, or maybe that opens the door for an additional wide receiver. How does that injury affect that tight end room and just as a pass-catching group in total? I think it's really interesting, Casey, because when you have an injury like this in camp and you've kind of planned out what personnel groupings and what packages you're going to have out there in these two practices, you really need to do just, hey, next man up in that. Right. So we, the next man up was Nikola Kalanick, who's a, a undrafted free agent from, from Canada, Canada yeah. who stepped in in that Drew Ogletree role. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say I, that guy's definitely making the team because there's a lot of work that would need to be done. Right. But I do think you're right. It could open up spots, other spots in other position groups to make this roster or potentially you look on the waiver wire, come cut down day uh, for someone there. But again, you're, you're kind of at this point in camp where you, you've done all your install and you're starting to really hone in on what plays you do best. And a lot of those plays that the Colts did best involved Drew Ogletree. So now it's a challenge to the coaching staff of, all right, do we? how do we take those plays and those concepts that we did well with Drew in there, and how do we now tweak those to fit it to the offense without Drew? Because his, his skill set is really rare. I mean, the, the size, he's 6'6", 260, runs like a gazelle, right. runs like a wide receiver because he is a he former wide exactly. receiver. Uh, really good hands, really good feel for the position, had a pretty good connection with Matt Ryan going on. Just such a bummer for him. I mean, absolutely devastating that he suffered this injury. You, you feel terrible for the kid. Yeah, that's the worst part about it. I mean, we we talk about injuries and, and how as we have the, the blower coming through to make sure the field is nice and ready to go. You know, we, we talk about how devastating season-long injuries are for anybody, but especially a rookie and a guy like Ogletree, you know, a late-round draft pick, nothing's really guaranteed, you know? It's one of those where you almost view it from... You know, it's not necessarily like an undrafted free agent, but you're almost taking a risk. You're able to mm-hmm. kind of, you know, take a stab at a guy that you look at maybe down the line, but he's a guy that I think we'd all agree has progressed so quickly. So taking it from that aspect, 
is there spots in guys like Kylan Granson and Jelani mm-hmm. Woods that maybe need, they need to pick up the slack Absolutely. that you saw out of Drew Ogletee to this point? Absolutely. I think that's a really good point, Casey, that those guys might need to be called upon to step in. Um, you know, Kylan Granson can do some things that Drew does. He right. moves really well. Kylan's been moving really well yes, this camp. That's been a noticeable thing that we've seen out here. So you probably see him step into some of those. Some of the ones where, you know, you have Ogletree because he's so flexible going between the the uh, the move tight end and the inline tight end positions in this offense that Jelani Woods is probably going to need to step up in some of those roles because the the sneaky thing is that Drew, Drew had really played himself into a role with the first team offense. Agreed. Now it's this is on Jelani Woods now probably to take some of those snaps too. You're probably right. Now you know, that kind of brings me to what we're going to see on Saturday. We're probably not going to see a whole lot of frontline players as we've heard. So what are your expectations for what we're going to see on Saturday when the Lions come in? I know we saw a lot of the really good work out here, but what are your expectations for Saturday? I think you know a, a couple guys who I'm really keeping an eye on are Bernard Ryman at left tackle. Um, you know, I was talking to Joe Wrights during practice. He said he's been pretty impressed with what Ryman's done just in the couple of times he's been up here and, and watching him. And, I mean, far be it for me to say, you know, like I, I don't know what off, good offensive line play looks like outside <laughs> right. of it. Did he block the guy or not? So <laughs> I'm going to take Joe Wright's word that right. that uh, Bernard Ryman's having a pretty solid camp here. But, you know, he played the most snaps of anyone in the preseason game against Buffalo. He played 48 snaps. That was intentional. The Colts wanted to get him that run. You'll probably see him get quite a bit of run right. again against the Lions. Even if no team's playing their starters, that's still very valuable, those live reps that he is going to get on Saturday. And then the other guy who we talked about, Mike Strawn, you know, he looked really good out here in these joint practices. I want to see him carry that over to the preseason game. And then again, if he can go out there and make some plays on special teams, if he's going to be that fifth receiver, those are going to be huge for deciding who makes the Colts roster in a couple of weeks. Well, that's JJ Stankovitz of Colts.com. What we're writing about, I'm sure, the joint practices, but anything else? Just, you know, a couple things to watch uh, for this game. And then before the blower gets over here, just go read the story I wrote on Naheem Hines. I thought it was really interesting, uh, the relationship he's had with Scotty Montgomery. And, again, the vision that Scotty has had for him for about a decade that's now playing out here with the Colts. Well, that's J.J. Stankovitz of Colts.com. The Colts and Lions from Lucas Oil Stadium on Saturday. For J.J. Stankovitz, I am Casey Valle. This has been the Colts Daily Update on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.